right. We've been duly reminded. Christmas time's here. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Okay. (laughs) You know, uh, I've got great memories of Christmas, don't you? I have some memories of uh, family gatherings and tremendous meals and getting some of those uh, toys that I thought I just had to have and getting to play with them. And uh, then as a parent, getting to uh, see my kids just kind of go crazy at the foot of a tree and kind of ripping up stuff and, you know, the excited sounds of getting things that they thought they had to have and so on. So I think most of us have a lot of good memories uh, about Christmas. Uh, Some of us may have some other memories as well, right? I can recall when I was about seven years of age that uh, I walked through the living room of our apartment and it was dimly lit. And my mother was laying on the couch. She had this hand over her head. It was a classic depressed appearance. And as a single mom, uh, it just wasn't coming together. And as I was walking through the room, she called my name and I came over and uh, sat down by her and she said, Scott, I need to tell you, there's probably not going to be any gifts this Christmas. We just, we just don't have any money. And I'm sorry, honey. And I, don't, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. And I tried to reassure my mother as best a seven-year-old knows how to do that. That's fine. It's no problem. It's, it's okay. And she began to cry. Just a little picture of, I think, what happens in a lot of places with a lot of people. After all, this is supposed to be, the song says, the most wonderful time of the year. And for some, it's one of the hardest times of the year. And there's pain. And there's some disappointment. And there's a lot of craziness all around us. So that it can leave us saying, you know, really all I want for Christmas is some peace. I just want it to be well in my soul. I want it to be well in how I look at life and how I experience life and how I know God and how I relate to other people. Lord, would you give me some peace? You need some peace? Anybody need peace today? Yeah. Well, fortunately, the promise in the coming of the Christ is that we would have peace. And I'm going to do one of the most uh, familiar readings in the scriptures for us today, taken from Luke chapter 2, in the announcement that was given to the shepherds, beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom His favor rests. Peace. What is that elusive thing called peace? What does that look like? How do we know 
when we're actually engaging and experiencing peace. Somebody said they missed the acrostics that I use, and so I thought, okay, it's Christmas. I'm going to give you one. And so we'll think about peace with the word P-E-A-C-E, and the P stands for presence of God. That's what peace looks like. Peace looks like your awareness, my awareness of God's presence in us and around us. You know, uh, for small children, for babies, there's a developmental thing that takes place for them. Uh, until that happens, they experience something called separation anxiety. Anybody been there? Sometimes we'll have parents drop off children in our nursery. And our nursery is this great, wonderful, welcoming place. And the, the workers are all wonderful and welcoming people. And the child will be dropped off. And when mom and dad begin to walk away, ah, you know, the screaming and the crying begins to take place. And, so, you know, maybe the child's had a bad day. But uh, if something developmentally hasn't happened for that child, then they just can't be at peace. And that developmental uh, aspect is something that is referred to as internalization. In other words, when a child comes to a point where he or she can internalize mom and dad, they know mom and dad is there. They know mom and dad loves them. They know mom and dad will not abandon them or leave them. And so even if mom and dad go out of the room and out of sight, when mom and dad are internalized by a small child, they feel at peace. They feel like it's well with them. And then mom and dad come back and it's okay. And mom and dad go away and it's okay because the parents have been internalized. That's the kind of thing that happens for you and for me with God. In fact, Jesus said upon his departure, after he had ascended, he said he would be sending his spirit to us. So that his spirit could internally dwell with us 24-7, all the time, everywhere. Do you have that sense of God's presence? And then the E stands for everything under God. You see, uh, sometimes God wants to bless us. With things going well, with things going right, with things going in a powerfully glorious kind of way. And we celebrate it. And then sometimes God wants to bless us when things are not going well and when things are problematic. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God in every kind of situation. In every kind of circumstance. And so uh, it's not surprising that men and women of faith in the scriptures were able to say over and over again that it was well with them in some of the most difficult of circumstances. That's what uh, King David was all about in Psalm 23 when he said, even when I go through shadowy valleys, when it seems like life is getting dark. His presence is with me to guard, to protect, and to provide for me. This past week, I had the opportunity to uh, visit with a, a longtime dear friend. He was my college roommate. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not quite ready to say that. But anyway, um, Mike uh, spent a couple of days in our house, and we were able to visit and talk about a number of things. And I knew that I was going to be talking about peace today. And so I said to Mike, um, you have known God's peace in some very difficult times. And you're not going to be around Sunday, so I can't interview you about that. But would you be willing to let us videotape you and talk about how you experience God's peace and, and some of the most difficult things that you faced? And he said yes. And so uh, just uh, about three days ago, we recorded this so that we could share it with you at this time. And uh, you'll start here and then just towards each other. Well, I have with me today Mike Miller who is a longtime friend and currently a missionary with the International Mission Board serving in Taiwan along with his lovely wife, Carolyn. Uh, they've been married uh, right at the 30-year mark. And uh, I've asked Mike to share a little bit of his story with us today regarding uh, the theme that we're addressing. Mike, you uh, were first called and uh, able to serve in Taiwan as missionary, I think, in 1987. And you and Carolyn went there with three young girls. Mm -hmm. And your youngest girl, Leah, ended up having some kind of uh, health-related concern that resulted in you having to come back home and to the States. Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened with that scenario? Well, we'd had two healthy kids and two healthy daughters and were excited to be in a new country and learning the language. And she was Leah was not developing well, and we knew that before we went to Taiwan. But... We just hoped she was maybe a little slow. But as we were there and uh, having some people work with her, the consensus was you need to go back to the United States and find out what's, what's wrong with her. And so uh, went back to the United States, found out she had a degenerative brain disease, and she would never be able to develop more than like a one-month-old baby. Well, that's obviously for any parent pretty hard news. It resulted in you guys having to make a shift and a redirection of your lives. Uh, up to this point, you've been a faithful servant to the Lord. You've been a pastor, now a missionary. And uh, this pretty hard news comes. So how does that impact your faith? Your relationship with God? Well, I think, you know, it hurt us just personally because you have a dream for all your kids. And when we realized that she was not ever going to be everything we would hope for her to be, that was really difficult. We hoped maybe they could fix her in some way that we would be able to get back to the Taiwan. But I think once we realized we weren't going back and that we were going to have to stay in the States, I think went through a lot of questioning about why did this happen? God we were in a great church in Minnesota. Why, why did you call us to go to Taiwan and just be there so briefly? And so there were the questions about why, why did this happen? Did we do something wrong? Uh, remember Carolyn uh, dealing with the issues? Was there something I ate or did in pregnancy that might have led to it? And uh, So there were those kind of questions. And also the question of, well, what are we going to do now? And have we in some way been set, set off to the side by God and... Have we uh, lost the ability to follow his will for our life? Well, now you have a special needs child, and 
you are reestablishing yourself in another ministry situation and another community. And one of the promises uh, that come with the, the, the coming of Christ, the advent of Christ, is that we would be able to know peace. We'd know peace with God. We'd be able to know peace uh, in how life is experienced. And with the challenges that you guys then began to face every day, and the realization of um, how little potential Leah would be able to reach at, at any given point. How did God intersect with you? How did he make his peace more than a promise? How did, how did it become a reality for you? Well, I think we had to deal with the, fact, with the question of, is this that, this that has happened to Leah, is this in some way a punishment from God? We made a decision that it was not, that it was something that the doctors told us if we had married any two other people, uh, we would not have had a child like this. And uh, so it was, very, it was a very rare disease that she had. So we realized that it was just a part of, of, of living life, and that missionaries are not exempt from life and its struggles. And, and, and I think the, the biggest thing was when we realized that God had a purpose and God was going to work through this. We had many people tell us, uh, you know, if you'll just, if you'll get your lives closer to God and, and have more faith, Leah will be healed. There'll be a miracle. And uh, we held on to that and we had a lot of guilt with that. But finally we came to a point of just believing for whatever reason, God was not going to step in and, and do a miracle. And then we, I think when we accepted that, then we began to see a real miracle that occurred in her life as uh, she was not a burden to us. We didn't see her as a burden. And when Leah died when she was 12, we had a funeral and uh, lots of people came to her funeral, people who had cared for her. And uh, Leah never, never was able to, to walk or talk. Or, uh, but the miracle was that person after person at her funeral testified to the fact that how how much impact she had had on their life and she had never said a word and so um, we saw that as as the years went by that uh, she really was a, the, the miracle was not only the blessing she was to people but just how much grace we found from God caring for her changing her diapers and feeding her through the tube in her stomach and everything that uh, the miracle was was God's grace was just so strong and available to us. Well, I recall you using uh, phrases about God's grace like a a grace bucket from which you were able to regularly draw and the promise uh, of Romans 8.28 uh, that he would make things work for good. And he really did. Like the circumstances of her life and the testimony that was a part of her funeral. We have in the house today... Uh, men and women, some young people, that the distress level and the disturbance level is pretty high for them. And the need for God's peace is pretty far-reaching. What would you say to that person today? I would say to you that uh, what you're going through, what you experience, maybe some of it is of your doing. I think oftentimes in life, what we go through is... uh, it's, it's just because it's life and that 
rather than uh, push God away or let the questions that you might have unresolved uh, keep God at a distance. I would just encourage you uh, day by day to embrace God, even with your questions and with the uh, unanswered questions that you just embrace God because he 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 was our only hope. He was our only strength. And uh, I cannot imagine what it would be like if we had had to do what we did on our own but we didn't he was with us and so i would just encourage you to embrace him and uh and find his 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 strength and and his grace for your life because he he'll give it to you well mike i really appreciate you sharing your story uh i've been able to watch you live that story uh through the years and i'm grateful for the faithfulness that uh god's grace has brought for you and for carolyn Some of you uh, have a practice and a prayer plan where you regularly pray for missionaries. And so let me just encourage you to add Mike Miller to your prayer list and his service in Taiwan. After uh, Leah graduated to heaven, uh, they were able to return to Taiwan, and that's where they serve today. And so I know they appreciate your regular prayers. And again, God bless you. Thank you for sharing the story with us today. Well, I wish you could meet Mike. Um, It was a very powerful thing for me through the years to see how God was at work in his family, in his life, in his church, uh, because of the way that they were experiencing God's grace in dealing with this very, very difficult life challenge. When we think about God's peace... We need to think about it in this sense. It's something that is our reality when we are in touch with God's presence. Regardless of the experience, it applies to everything. And it's something that happens out of our being active for God. It's not something that's passive. It's not like we go and be a monk and hide from society and withdraw from every kind of challenge. But rather, we just continue to be responsive Actively to all the things that God calls us to and invites us to and, and commands us to. So, you know, I, I just do a quick survey through the Bible and I think, you know, Mo- Moses was told by God, go to the king of Egypt, the most powerful man on the planet, and tell him, let my people go. I mean, you would think that's a pretty peace forsaken kind of scenario. And then he, he tells Joshua, to go in and begin to march around a fortified city called Jericho until the walls fall down. I I don't know how much peace you would think would happen there. And then we have a young boy, David, commanded to go and fight a giant Goliath. And then you move into the New Testament and John the Baptist is told to call for sinners to repent. And the king ends up decapitating John. And then the Apostle Paul, who's told by God to go throughout the the world and plant churches. And, of course, as he does that, he begins to get on the wrong side of uh, political correctness time and again. And uh, he ends up being uh, thrown into jail and ultimately executed. But it's that same Paul who told us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, don't worry about anything. 
Now, that's a command that we're told many times in Scripture. God doesn't command us to do anything that's not possible. So he's saying, experience my presence. See me involved in everything as you actively follow me. And therefore, don't worry about those things. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. It will guard your minds, your thinking, as you live in Christ Jesus. And then peace is something that stirs and instills and deepens a confidence in God. I had the opportunity a few years ago to meet a guy by the name of Matt Chandler. And because he writes a blog, I've been able to continue to follow along with what's been going on in his life over the last three years. And I discovered a couple of weeks ago that Matt was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Now, Matt's about 35 years of age. He lives in the Dallas area. He's married and he's got three children under six. And what he spends some of the best hours of every week doing is writing and speaking. And this brain tumor is a very serious deal. It's on the front part of his brain, and it's a pretty good size, pretty big. And so he had surgery about a week and a half ago. And uh, he... He testified before the surgery. I've been telling people for years that God is good. But because I have been so blessed, he said, and he has. He's one of the most blessed guys I've seen. He's one of the most successful guys for a 35-year-old guy anywhere in the world. Uh, I could tell you a whole lot more about his story. But the short of it is this. He said, because I have had so much success, I've had so many blessings, that every time I would talk about that God is good all the time, even in some of your hardest times, nobody would believe me. Because my life is so good. And he said, now I have this brain tumor. The prognosis is totally unknown. It could take his life or it could maim his life significantly. It could do brain damage as they do the surgery. And he said, now I finally have the opportunity to tell you and everyone, God is good no matter the circumstance. And, and this was his closing statement. He said, I am humbled that God would consider me worthy to go through this present suffering so that others might see in me He is good. Now that's without him knowing how the surgery is going to turn out. The surgery did happen and he did uh, come through it uh, apparently okay physically but they don't know how he's going to be mentally. He's got a, a bunch of... Uh, uh, speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy he's got to go through and the uh, pathologies have not come back yet so we don't know the rest of the story. But he and his wife were prepared on the front end because of confidence in God. God had just demonstrated himself to them over and again, time and again. He's good. He's loving. 
and the level of difficulty in my circumstances just shows me how good and loving he is, man says. And then finally, I'll say to you about peace, that it brings about an ease with God. Now, don't misunderstand me saying easy. But it brings about an ease. That is to say, no matter what my circumstances are, I can rest in God. I, I have this confidence in Him. I, I have this awareness that His presence is not only with me, but actively working through my circumstance for some high and holy purpose. And so, I just have to say, friends, the, the TV preachers that want to tell you that God always wants to bless you with prosperity and heal every disease and re remove every problem, it's just wrong. They're just dead wrong. The scriptures are filled cover to cover with faithful men and God who went through some of the uh, most horrendous and horrific kinds of experiences in life. And God was all around that and all involved in that and using that for eternal purposes and to draw other hearts to himself. And so when I understand that, I can be at ease and I can rest in him about that. So let me let me uh, remind us what Jesus said about his peace, because it's not like the world's peace. In John 16:33 he said, "I've told you all of this." And if you back up and read the preceding verses, he says, "Here's going to be your reality. If you follow me, if you follow Jesus, people are going to hate you. People are going to kick you out of social circles. You will miss all kinds of opportunities. If we were to translate that into today, you may miss a, a, a promotion opportunity. You may miss a social invitation. In some situations, uh, you'll be ostracized from a community. In other situations, you could be killed. There are places all over this globe right now. You confess Christ, they kill you. So he says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials, many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So to whom is this peace given? Is this peace available to you, to me, to others that we care about? Well, I read to you a moment ago the text from Luke chapter 2. And some of you grew up with the old English version of the Bible called the King James Version. And the way verse 14 reads, And on earth, peace, goodwill toward all men. Sound familiar? And it seems to be saying that with the coming of Christ, the peace of, of Christ, the peace of God will be available to everyone everywhere. The problem is that that is a, and the King James Version basically is a very good translation of the ancient languages. But this particular verse is a poor translation of that. All the more current translations, whether you're talking about NIV, ESV, uh, NLT, any of them, will translate it like this. It's peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That's what it means. This peace 
is not for everyone everywhere. This peace is for everyone who follows Christ. Because in answer to the question, with whom is God pleased? Hebrews 11.6 tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so he's speaking to people of faith. He's speaking to people that have banked their life on Jesus. He's speaking to people who have given a wholehearted allegiance to Jesus. To you, this peace will come. It will be yours. Live in it. So, will you? If you're not already a Christ follower, will you follow Him? Will you accept the good gift that God has brought to us in the coming of Christ? And if you've accepted that gift of Christ, if you're a Christ follower, then today, maybe your step is to, once again, developmentally, internalize His presence. Or submit every circumstance to Him. Move. Decide for Him. Be confident. I mean, reflect on the track record God's got with you and with so many others through the centuries. And be confident in Him. And live at ease. Rest in Him. Turn your anxieties over to Him. I want to pray for you about these things. Would you pray with me? So, Father, it's my sense today that you wanted to bless those here with peace. And so I just simply ask you to do what you already intended to do. Would you bestow your peace on our hearts? Give us a keen sense of awareness of your presence. Draw every circumstance we have into your hand and in your care. Stir our confidence in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.